Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI Podcast. Today, we're super excited to have Ajay Sharma on the show to talk about teams, building a team, and everything involved with that. Before we do that, though, we got a special announcement, guys. We're super excited about this because the live event is back. We have set a date, September 9th, 2023, and tickets are going on sale today. And we've actually got a... Um, what we call it an early bird special ticket pricing. It's going to last all of June. So if you want to come, you want to get on our website right now, go to the live event tab, check yourself out because the ticket prices will go up starting July 1st. Um, it's going to be an awesome event. We're going back to Globe Life Fields where the Texas Rangers play. It's where it was last year. If you've been before, you know how awesome it is. If you haven't been, you're missing out. So make sure you get on there, get a ticket, come see us, come hang out for the day, September 9th. We hope to see all you there. Here we go. Happy Friday, sir. Hey, happy Friday. Man, I uh, you, you, you're doing one month for early bird specials, and I think this is basically should just be the price of the ticket because it will sell out again. It has sold out every year. Last year, it sold out in two weeks. Out of the hundred and so people there last year, I would be willing to bet we're going to have quite, quite a few of those people come back. I am so willing to bet that this thing sells out by July 1st that I'll double or nothing the dinner drover that we have out there outstanding. What does that mean for me? You, if it doesn't sell out by July first, then I you don't have to buy the dinner. But if it does sell out by July first, yeah, no, no, I'm just gonna stop there. It doesn't seem <laughs> fair for me because I believe you think it's gonna sell out. Well, it's July 9th. I mean June 9th. That's uh 21 days basically for it to. Okay, that's not All a very. Right. I, thought, I thought a gambling man might take the chance that one or two people didn't buy a ticket and we and you got free drove or dinner taken that's care. That's a that's a that's a bad bet. Okay, so you you agree to it's gonna sell out. So with that being said. We get to bring a guy on a show that I got to meet at a conference here a couple weeks ago, I, and I've known from around the space, but got to meet and spend some actually personal time with him. And I think one of my feedback things to you was, man, this guy impresses me. Yeah. For 24, almost 25, Ajay, welcome to the show. It's good to see you, man. How are you? What is going on, guys? It's an honor to be here. I am living the dream. Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. It's it's more of a it's it's a it's a daydream. We'll we'll call it that. I wouldn't say it's one of those good deep night sleep dreams, but it's a it's a it's a pretty nice daydream we live over here in a casual Fridays world. We're barefoot, just hanging out in the office, feeling cool today, and we get to spend some time with you. So today we're going to talk teams because I've noticed some a trend across the niche and the the age gap disparity amongst the investors here and what they want. And so I kind of I'm curious about what your team looks like, how it's set up, because it is polar opposite than what me and Adam do. Not saying right or wrong. I just want to know about it. He actually wanted yeah. to make you come on and defend having a big having team. A big team. And I was like, I don't know if we put the pressure on him. About that. Like, just put him on the spot. Like, tell us why and why it's better. But yeah. no, no, we're going to, we just want to learn about it. Yeah. Well, let's chat. <clears throat> you know, and I think better and worse, it's all personal preference, right? Yeah. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat, especially in this business. People mm -hmm. do all kinds of different deals every which way, different teams, different comp structures, different timelines, whatever. So, you know, I think 
Um, just underlying all of this, it's worth noting there's probably two big factors that affect how big somebody uh, either wants a team or actually executes on a team. Okay. Um, I think we were talking about age, right? With with typically younger folks, I would yeah. say number one, you're thinking risk tolerance. Okay, I'm not married yet. I'm engaged happily <laughs> one year from today, actually, until the wedding date. Um, okay. Happily engaged, but no dependents. I've got no yeah. kids, no wife, right? Really easy for me to take risks. Guys, I right. could lose it all probably three more times and just go live in a cheap apartment like I do right now and pay a thousand bucks a month in rent. And yeah. if you can't make a thousand bucks a month, just, you know, Ubering, right? Shooting from yeah. the hip, like you're going to figure it out. So yeah, risk you. tolerance way higher for those folks that are younger. We just have a lot less to lose, to be honest. Okay. I think that's number one. I love um, it. Number two is, man, young people are lazy. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, and you hear folks say it that are that are uh, the, the boomers of the world. Right. So a generation older than you guys. Uh, but young what people is, don't like working anymore. What, what did you call us? Are we call them the boomers or the, well, boomer, the, bo the boomer? OK. Boomers. Yeah. OK. I thought it was like the in between like Gen Xer and a boomer. It was mixed together calling a. Uh, I didn't hear the M. OK, I'm no. with you now. All right. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the boomers. I'm glad that Sorry, you clarified ahead, that. Yeah. Oh, a generation older than y'all. Yeah. 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 You did not know. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I use it uh, to my benefit when I'm working with sellers. If they're annoyed uh -huh. how slow things are going sometimes, uh -huh. I'll say, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, you know, we've been trying to get a surveyor out there. I've been trying to get a hold of the county, but ain't nobody want to work these days. Oh, yeah. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> you know, and, and now you've got all kinds of rapport. Um, so I use it to my benefit. But, but truly, if I'm being honest, a lot of people who are under the age of 30, we like to work, but we mm -hmm. like to work on our terms. Whereas yep. folks that have more to lose, have kids to feed, um, and aren't afraid to roll their sleeves up at, at pretty much everything, you know, they're just going to mm -hmm. do the work a lot of okay. times. Whereas folks, again, yeah, that younger crowd that you were talking about, we just like outsourcing. It's like, man, if all I could do is just review deals and cash checks, what a life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds great to me. And I I, my, I think go back to my corporate days where at one point, I think I had 2,800 employees that worked for me Gosh. and that was not fun. And there's still days I'll be at the mall or I'll be at the grocery store and a guy will come up and say, hey, and I don't remember their name. Their face looks familiar. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, I know I know you from somewhere and I don't. And I was the guy's boss's boss at one point, And I'm like, is that I don't ever want to get there again. Right. Yeah, yeah I think that's you know, tough right on the the nail ahead when you said like the younger generation wants to work on their own terms. Like yeah. it, I kind of fear for what the corporations look like in the future because people coming up, you know, your age and younger whatnot, they don't want to do like the traditional stuff of get up every day, go to a nine to five in an office uh, for 40 years or whatever that is. Right. Like the whole landscape of this whole thing is going to change. Um, I think that's why you're seeing too, because I just just read this thing right before we started this. Um, this kid, and I'm calling him a kid who's in his 20s, had his 11th work from home job. He has all 11 at the same time. He's bringing in 1.3 million dollars, and, <laughs> and he had 11 computer screens on his desk. And he's like, "This is my setup." You're kidding? Uh, the AI takeover or remote? Yeah, right. So, Ajay. I appreciate you coming out and that was pretty honest. And I, and I can respect the fact that you said, Hey, we want to work on our terms. We want to do what we want the you know, the blow up of the four hour work week, the lifestyle, like building your lifestyle, the way or your, your, your work, like your lifestyle. What was that called? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, something lifestyle, entrepreneurial lifestyle. Um, I don't know. We'll think of it in a second. That but, sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, how does your team look like? What, what does that actually break down? Again, our polar opposites, you know, I, I have full-time employee that's in office with me and she handles the acquisition, sending out the mail, filters the leads, 
then we look at it together. She sends out her feedback, what she thinks. I yes or no on a deal. It goes to title, goes to agent. They sell. So we're we're pretty simple. We can stay lean that away. Um, we have right. contractors that do certain things for us that we use multiple times, and but we can always replace them at a drop of a hat. What does your team look like? And are they performance based? And are they full time? Is it VAs? Kind of walk us through that so we have a an understanding. Yep, absolutely. So I've got um, three people on staff, me and then my COO, Ben. Uh, ben handles a lot of like the high level administrative day to day in addition to just like interfacing with the team super frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, solves a lot of the day to day problems. If you speak traction, very similar to he's the integrator, I'm the visionary. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll speak to what I do at the very end. Now, in terms of our team structure today, we've got three on staff. We actually just hired a fourth. Uh, she starts okay. next week. Nice. Uh, a big piece of that is our acquisitions manager. She's expecting next month. And so we kind of need the gap filled, but we also just doubled our lead gen. So there's kind of a, <laughs> there's a need for it anyways. Um, so the first gal we have, and, and I'll just break them down kind of how the process flows. Um, we do most of our marketing through texting, cold text okay. message, launch control. My good friend Callan set us up on that. Uh, we've been super successful on it. A lot of people ask, you know, hey, what's the rhyme or reason? Why are you all texting? What are you guys doing? And I'm like, I'm going to be honest. We're doing it because it's super predictable and we're lazy. Again, we talk about working on your own terms. I know if I send out X amount of text messages, I'm going to get a certain amount of responses. Mm -hmm. That's going to filter through, turn into X amount of leads and over enough, you know, time is going to average out to X amount of deals. And I like the predictability. Yeah. That that same equation works on direct mail for us too. And I'm curious. And so I want to ask a question on that. Sorry, I'm going to ask questions and interrupt as we go through this. That's okay. What kind of volume of text messages are y'all doing weekly, monthly? What what does that look like? Just You don't have to go through the the full breakdown. I'm just curious to to what your team's needed with that many texts or what what that volume looks like. I'm going to warn everybody listening. I talk too much, so feel free to, to no, correct me and get me back on the path. But the um, we're on the middle tier launch control plan, which allows for 1,200 new text messages a day. Anybody okay. that is texting understands that as drips go out, it takes away from how many new text messages you can do. And so mm-hmm. how I would best explain it is we touch around 800 to 1,000 new okay. sellers every single day. Um, wow. And we only work Monday through Friday. Well, mm-hmm. My team only works Monday through Friday, I should say. Yeah. Um, and so we're on average in a given month, we'll send out 20,000 text messages and that'll get us somewhere between three and seven deals or at least nice. new contracts, okay. depending on the month. And th- thank you for the transparency there. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yep, yeah, first gal, uh, texting pretty much all she does all day. Um, little untraditional. She also does our comps. That's a whole different story, but she just took an interest, had the bandwidth, wanted to test it out. She ended up being good at it. We let her ride. So uh, she spends six hours a day uh, uh, texting and she'll get out, you know, the thousand texts and filter those and create the three to seven leads we'll get on, on average um, or so probably more like three to nine. But anyways, that gets moved over to our lead manager. Once we know that a seller is actually interested, our qualifications for getting pushed from launch control into our CRM, three things. Number one, the seller is who they say they are. We want to verify mm-hmm. it's the correct person. Number two, we want to make sure they're actually interested in selling. We don't want just the make me an offer, right? Hey, like well, if we gave you a decent cash offer, would you sell your property in the next 30 to 90 days, right? Yeah. We're really trying to milk and make sure they want to sell their property. They don't need to be motivated in the traditional sense, like our old yeah. tax delinquent desert square kind of sellers, right? But in the least, do they want to sell, right? Mm-hmm. And then number three, they're open to a phone call because deals happen over the phone. I may be young. And my generation texts a lot more than they call, right? Yeah. But I understand that business happens over the phone. You're able to build rapport, read emotions, work through objections. And so mm-hmm. those are our three criteria to get pushed into our CRM, where then we just eliminate. Um, our lead manager is next in line. So um, first gal, Filipino VA. Next gal, also Filipino VA. Um, pay bands between five and 10 bucks an hour. 
this girl's lead manager. So she's filtering to make sure, you know, it's, it's kind of like your Pat live script. So these mm -hmm. are, Hey, are you the only person on deed? How long have you owned the property? What's your motivation to sell? Best time to call you back. All those basic questions, right? Doing the yep. map, right stuff. Um, we then comp it, push it along to my acquisitions manager. Her job is to make offers, close deals, build rapport, all that fun stuff, right? Okay. She makes deals happen. So she is fearless is the best way to put it. Her name's Veronica. She's a rock star. And so she will, uh, she'll make the offers all day long. She'll just call for, um, she's actually part-time. First two gals are full-time. She's, she's, um, five hours a day. Big reason for that is she's a newer mom has a little, uh, one-year-old. And so she was like, I just want to work from home and, um, watch her grow up. And so she wanted a remote yeah. job. We give her the flexibility to, you know, go to doctor's appointments and do whatever she needs to do. But, um, she's next in the sequence and she's just making offers and closing deals and getting contracts out all day long. So when you have her there five hours, does she, does she, can she work like three hours in the morning and come back in the afternoon and hit two hours in the afternoon? Or is it five yep. hours continuous during that time? Typically it's five hours continuous. Um, okay. so like the, the status quo is she works from like 11 to three or whatever the 11 to four, maybe, I don't know, whatever the five hours, I can't do mental math right now, yeah. but, uh, whatever that five hours is. And then if she has again, a doctor's appointment or whatever, she'll split up the time and do what she needs to do. Perfect. Okay. Yep. So three going to four and the fourth is going to backfill the acquisitions manager when she goes out with the new baby. That's correct. She will be okay. full-time is actually based in Latin America. And, okay. um, with that excess time, we're going to have her do some transaction coordination, okay. uh, which is, you know, not a, not a huge role necessarily. Um, so I think she'll be able to fill in those holes and then also realtor coordination is a nightmare okay. with how much volume we do. Well, people do different varying degrees of volume. My friend, Anshul Sharma, for example, will do, you know, 20 deals in a month or whatever. We're not anywhere near that right now. And so, mm -hmm. um, still though, with, with properties we get under contract, we typically like to work with brokers if we can. And mm -hmm. so we've got to call 10 realtors if we're in a new market before we find two decent ones. Right. Yeah. And then it's okay. You were good on the phone and you answered, but are you actually good? Are you going to put a sign in the property, take pictures, actually work the leads that you get? Cause I can yeah. throw it up on MLS and let a buyer's agent submit an offer all day long. Right. Yeah. I want you to be good and provide value and make a difference. So she's going to be coordinating with the realtors. We're setting up qualification process the same way you would with sellers or buyers um, to work with realtors and have a whole separate board for it and everything. It's a pain in the butt sometimes, but it takes some intentional effort if you want to work with good, good realtors that are going to sell your property well. Okay. Yeah. So, so then after those three, plus the one coming on, you have Ben and yourself. Uh, ben, correct. where is he located? Is he stateside Chicago yeah, with he, you? Yeah. He's uh he's based in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Um, and we're both actually planning on moving to Dallas here in the next couple of months. Though, so oh, we can wow. all hang out here soon. <laughs> yeah. Grab some, grab some food or whatever and uh, have a good time. Uh, but yeah, he's based in the States. Him and I actually met in college. It was funny. I didn't think we'd ever work together, or at least not this early on. Um, I always wanted to, we had really complimentary skill sets. Like he was like mm -hmm. the detail, get it done kind of guy. And I was like the pie in the sky, big visionary sort of person. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can both kind of run up to a certain point on your own, but when you come together, it's really like a big compounding thing. So we worked mm -hmm. in an interim capacity where, uh, he would send out marketing through my land business. Cause I started mine a little earlier. We would work the deals together my company would get a preferred return on the marketing and then we would split the deals. Um, okay. Eventually he was like a classic Andrew Carnegie story is what I always say. He just kept taking more responsibility or eventually <laughs> I couldn't get rid of him if I wanted to. Yeah. And, and he was doing it for no extra pay. He wasn't making any more money. He was just, Hey, I see this was sitting in the pipeline. Can I work it? And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, you, yeah. you know you're not making any money off that deal. He's like, no, it's okay. I just hate seeing stuff stick around. And so yeah. eventually I'm like, Hey, we should just work together on the whole business instead yeah. of just these pieces here. And it has been amazing ever since he's come into that role. But yeah, so he's working in 
doing the day-to-day. Um, you know, he's making sure our data is good, our lists are ready. Um, he's interfacing with the team and just removing problems in front of them all day long. I, mean, I don't have to tell nice. you guys that half the time we're firefighters in this business. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. always something that needs to get put out. So Ben puts out the fires, and if they're a little bit too big for him to put out alone, I get called in. So, okay. That, that was going to um, lead to my next them, question. Like, what do you yeah, actually yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. If, if you, like, what do you do besides wire money? It sounds like it has been yeah. wire the money or do you write the ben, check I, or like, what's going on? Ben's got access to signed documents and wire money. Now I tried to get so, myself out of as so much you're done. stuff. You're as going, I could. Yeah. The four hour work week is live with yeah, Ajay. No kidding. Uh, I just, yeah, I kick my feet up and sip on margaritas. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I spend a lot of my time, um, in, in two things, I would say. Number one is, again, I'm solving bigger problems. So when okay. nobody else on the team knows how to solve something, it comes to my desk. And that's just okay. how it goes being you know, the leader of any organization. Mm-hmm. So I'd up. best to find myself as, yep, I'm that leader that solves the problems when they get to me. Uh, number two, I'm reviewing every deal as it's coming through. right? So okay. like, as soon as we get a contract signed, if I'm either raising capital or we've told the seller we're going to do what we're going to do, I'm going to either make sure our word is true as fast as possible, or if it's false, we need to get out of it and let the seller know as fast as possible, right? Because okay. I don't build a business based on dishonesty. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're perfect and we've made mistakes and this and that, but the goal is, hey, let's figure this out ASAP. So if we've got a contract signed, I've got my hands in it. I'm reviewing everything. If we're raising money, if we're talking to sellers, right, uh, I'm going to make sure everything's good. Um, and aside from that, I'll be honest, a lot of my time these days is just spent thinking. Um, okay. there is a good chunk of time where I am. So you really are sitting there drinking a margarita. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, <laughs> but I, I try not to schedule meetings before 10 AM. I'll go okay. for a 90 minute walk a lot of mornings and yeah. listen to uh lo-fi beats. So no words. Okay. It was really funny. Okay. I was uh, in the car with my mom a few weeks ago and I threw on lo-fi beats and uh, my mom's foreign. My family's from Nepal. And she goes, what kind of music is this? <laughs> I was like, uh, mom, it's it's lo-fi beats. It's just like it helps you think. She was like, I've just been waiting for the words to start for 10 minutes and nobody said it. <laughs> so, so she was thinking, she was thinking, what the heck is the words going to come onto this? <laughs> Different kind of thinking. But I send, you know, I spend my time solving the regular problems. Mm-hmm. Um, I work and do team meetings, build culture, vision, all that kind of mushy stuff that you don't think matters until you're yeah. starting to actually grow. And then I'm, I'm working on how do we do bigger deals frequently? So a lot of networking, a lot of uh, building relationships, a lot of talking to other investors, entrepreneurs in the house space, in the flipping space, wholesaling space, apartment space. What are they doing, right? And I'm piecing together, how can we get better? So it's okay. a lot of like, how do we make sure we're growing consistently? And we've seen the trend over the past six months. You know, we've gone from, walking into like 40K in equity a month pretty consistently and contract signed up mm-hmm. into like we're flirting with six figures pretty consistently now. Nice. Right. And so it's been great that I don't have to worry about the day to day. But every time I'm like, hey, this leverage point would completely change how everything looks or we have a bottleneck here right now and we don't even realize mm-hmm. it. And yeah. So it's a lot of thinking. But, you know, I'm not going to equate myself to Warren Buffett. But Warren <laughs> Buffett says, you know, his job is really to make three good decisions every year. And so we have tried to elevate my position to a place where all I have to do is make really good decisions every now and then. I'm going to tell you guys, yeah. I'm going to mess up a lot. <laughs> yeah. And so it's important for me to talk with smart people like you so that I can uh, learn from your mistakes, ideally, because you've been around the block a few more times than I have. And so I'm able to take that and, and put it into my team and kind of scale accordingly. And I love it. Nice. What does that scale look like to you? I mean, the, are you growing your team members so that you can take on more with less team or looking to take on more team members and grow, grow with that? Yeah, we're uh, that's a great question. We're pretty close to being done with new team members, I think. 
Um, we'll probably have like one more person in the next six months and it'll be, I'm guessing a Latin American, like masters of data science, data analysts will be the role and they'll manage the data, the lists, and then like super stringent on the comping. Something I took away from the unconference with Justin a few weeks ago was there's a real competitive advantage to this business if your pricing is on point. Um, and so we've just, we've missed the mark a few times the way we run our, our team, um, we get it wrong sometimes. We're probably right 80% of the time, but the other 20 to 30 where things are wrong, uh, we lose deals. And so I think, you know, it sounds small, but it's a huge leverage point. Like if you could increase your deal flow by 20 to 40% with one $1,200 a month higher, you know, what would that do for you? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not doing more marketing, you don't have more systems to manage, right? It's a lot of the same stuff. You're just tweaking at this point. And so it's that kind of stuff that I'm thinking through. Now, that being said, when I think of team, here's kind of the vision that I foresee for the company is um, we have been kind of playing in this multi six figure sandbox for a bit on the lower end. We're finally getting up to the higher end. I want to be scaling to seven and gross profits pretty consistently, which I think we should do this year. Um, when you say seven gross profit, it, are you saying yearly or monthly? Yearly, yearly. Okay. Gosh, I, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're nowhere near that being monthly, okay. nor do I even know if I want to run a business that looks like that. I mean, it's just, there's different trade-offs to everything, yeah. right? So I would say, again, I mentioned my good friend, Anshul Sharma. Um, he's somebody I could see trying to scale to seven figures monthly. You just have mm-hmm. to run a very corporate-esque team, which is not our goal, right? Um, you have to put some systems in place and some management and some metrics and, and that kind of thing with what we're doing. But when you've got a team of like three to seven, you can mm-hmm. still get to that one to $3 million sandbox pretty, I don't want to say easily, that's not the right word, but mm-hmm. um, with enough consistency, with enough discipline, with enough process and um, execute really, really well. And so my vision is if we have our flips and our wholesales running at uh, seven figure, excuse me, seven figures annually in gross profits. And when I say gross profits, everybody's got a different definition here, right? So we buy a lot for 20, we sell it for 40, we've got 20K in margin, more like HUD to HUD, but that's just for easy kind of example yeah. there. Um. If we can be doing that pretty consistently month to month, we've got everything paid for in some, right? And so now yep. I want to work on just a handful of good subdivision projects every year. We're not nice. intentionally going after those right now. Uh, we're just, we're marketing for big acreage. And if stuff hits our desk, my team tags me whenever yep. a property is, I think it's plus 40 acres and has good road frontage is the criteria that they tag mm-hmm. me for. And so that's like, okay, here we go. And here's, you know, I've got more bandwidth. I'm going to spend my time underwriting this deal because yeah. I mean, you guys know better than I do. The advantage in subdivisions isn't just being able to go find a big piece of dirt. I could do that all day mm-hmm. long. You need to be able to underwrite it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can, yeah. you know, your small tweaks are going to make a couple of six figure difference pretty quick. Yeah. Right? I underwrote this as if it had a uh, city water and sewer, but yeah, it doesn't even know, have well water. <laughs> it, it doesn't even have electricity. Yeah. yeah right. And, and you, you, you make that point. I, I'm going to challenge you on one thing because it, Please. One of the things that I hear a lot is that subdivision, big, big property. And they, so that to equate, like I need a big piece of dirt to do a subdivision. And I've said this in our masterclass and Adam's heard me say it over and over. So he's going to be like, ah, again, but it's like taking some of these smaller, like 20 and 40 acres. And what does it do splitting it into a third or a half? Because we do have that appreciation curve that happens when we're all saying, Hey, we're going to force appreciation. There is a huge increase in appreciation when you talk 20 acre, 10 acre, five, two, one, when you get to that smaller size. So if right. the product allows and the type of product around it, it calls for it, you know, we did one, um, that Peyton brought in last month. It was 34 acres. We cut it into five. It was a 18 and four fours. And so the deal doesn't work. It, the deal works. Okay. It was a buy for a hundred, uh, sell for one fifty. But when we cut into fours, we're going to sell it for two fifty five to two eighty. Sold out. So now we've already got ha- over half of it under contract to sell. 
and it's fully paid for 30,000 in profit. And now we're sitting on four, four acre lots with city water and power that we could go either sell all sell our three of them left, uh, sell them as 12, uh, 12 acres together or sell them as three individual mobile home lots to a mobile home. That's beautiful. And so I, I say that because so many people hear us talk about, oh, the 2,000 acre ranch that we turned into ranchettes. <laughs> and I say there's so much in that in that law, that little piece here. And I, I said I wasn't going to say it publicly too many times, but I think that's what carries a lot of our, our companies through the next two and three years is taking that 20 acre and making it four fives. If the frontage mm-hmm. allows for it, if it if it calls for it and it's got power and it makes sense, it's it works every time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Not even 20. I mean, 10 acres. What was the... East Texas deal. That was uh, and five, two te- acres. It was t- uh, the Texarkana deal that yeah. we did. Yeah, it was 12 acres. We cut off a two acre that had an oil well that has a thousand dollar year lease on it, kept the lease and then cut the rest of it in two acre properties and sold it, sold half of it to a mobile home company. They came out, put mobile homes on it. And then the other two wow. we sold on a market. We ended up, we bought it for $35,000. I think we were 35, 36,000 total into the whole 12 acres. We sold out each one of the two acres sold for $40,000 each. And then we had a one point something acre that sold for like 20. So, I mean, you do the math and you have 10 acres or you have uh, four and one. So you have 160 plus another 20, so 180,000 back in revenue. You know, that's not a, not a bad way to go on a deal that you originally (laughs) offered on a blind offer 12 grand. And then they come back and say they want 30 and you buy it for 30 and you make it work that way. And so that's a little tweak and a little tool that I I challenge you is when if somebody has something come in or you're comping it, can you take that and just split it in half with the good road frontage? And what does that Hmm. do? And have them just add that. What does it look like if it's if it's split into a third? Uh, Most most counties will allow a simple subdivide of two, three lots. And so that's real easy with a survey. Doesn't cost you much more. And how much uh, appreciation does it force? So. That's going to take your business to the the seven figure lot. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, thank you, Justin. I'm gonna I'll, I'll post about him. Like, hey guys, I just looked at our current pipeline. And we just pulled seven deals out thanks to yeah. Justin and Adam. This was great. <laughs> we it's funny. We did a we did a uh, a podcast a long time ago with uh, Kyle with uh, Fearless Flipping or Fearless Kyle Stanley. Kyle Stanley, yeah, with Airbnb's Fearless Investor. I think is the name now. Um, and he got stuck with a lot and didn't know how to get out of it. And we walked him through it and he made like 15 grand. He's like, dude, nice. he made 15 grand just by walking him through that on the podcast. So, but well, cool, man. I, I, anything you could think of that you want to ask him? Yeah. Yeah. We've heard the good. I want to hear the pitfalls of running a team. Oh gosh. Yeah. There's a lot of them, <laughs> you know, and I think that's something that people don't really realize is like, you're looking at me today and it's like, oh yeah, I'm able to, you know, not be in it day to day. And right. But that took like six to eight months of pain guys. Like there was a lot of work that needed to be done to get us mm-hmm. here. Right. Um, I think something worth noting is, and I'm sure you guys see this just being in, in education in some part, right. Investors come in and they just try to be the best possible investor right away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but you know, should I do this or this? And if you think about that, what about that? And they're, you know, before they've even done step one, they're thinking through step 10, which sounds nice and dandy. Um, This is what I tell people. I say, Hey, here's your issue, Adam, Justin, you're too smart. You got to dumb yourself down. (laughs) Just be dumb. (laughs) And and it's, it's one of those things where um, I just coined this term. I think, I don't know if I made this up or not, but I, I, maybe it came to me in a dream and I heard it in like a Beatles song 80 years ago or something. But (laughs) I always say consistency comes before proficiency. Okay. You got to do something regularly before you can actually be good at it. So that's part one. And everybody's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I want to scale systems teams. I'm like, well, have you done it 150 times? Right. 
well, I have never talked to a seller before, but I think I want to hire an acquisitions manager. Hey, how do you know if they're good? I don't, yeah. right? Well, I'll hire somebody yep. with the right temperament. Yeah, that sounds nice, right? Yeah. But you don't know what you're doing. So yeah. there, there's been a lot of times where we're bringing people in and I just have to look at myself and say, I have some shortcomings here, but I have to go get my hands dirty for a little bit before I can bring somebody in and then make them good, right? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is, you know, there's, there's two sides to this. Like I recommend anybody who's hiring for the first time, hire somebody in production, like make sure they're helping you make more money is kind of the goal. I think a lot of people focus, Oh, let me hire like a $3 an hour operation VA to handle some admin stuff. I'm like, dude, you were going to spend more time working with them and double checking their work than like it ain't worth the salt. You know, the juice ain't worth the squeeze in my opinion. Um, go hire a $10 an hour VA, make them make cold calls for you, send out text messages, you know, help you follow up with leads, whatever. I don't care what it is. Just make them produce for you somehow. Because it only takes one deal that year to get your ROI on them and then everything else is gravy, right? Yep. Anyways, that being said, let's talk about the bad stuff. Um, you know, a lot of times people come from different work environments, right? Mm-hmm. And so like you've got to reinforce with your team it's okay to make mistakes. Um, my team, I think, had some issues early on because I'm real nice and I'm real friendly. And sometimes it almost creates like an adverse um, environment where people don't want to wrong me because of it. And so they'll spend three hours comping a property because they're like, actually, I just wanted to make sure I got this right for you. And I'm like, you know how much money we just spent for you to comp this property for three (laughs) hours, right? And so like working with a team to work through these roadblocks and be like, okay, what personality temperament does this gal have? Why is this taking her this long? What do we need to work through? What beliefs do I need to break down in somebody's head, right? But it's a lot of people work and that stuff's hard. So you've got like humans that you've got to manage and that takes a whole, you know, man, if somebody could get into either one of your heads for a day, could you imagine? It's a whole can of worms in there, right? And so that's essentially what you're trying to do as an employer is how do I understand this person? What motivates them? What brings them to work every day, right? Like everybody just thinks because you're paying them. Yeah, they're going to show up for a while, but how do you make sure they're doing a good job? Like yeah, I was talking with Clint Turner a few weeks ago, we were talking and I was like, man, like we had a couple of contracts that just slipped up this past week. And he was like, you know, people don't realize it. They think you get the team in place and you're just done. Right. Yep. Like, no, 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 no. Like people are going to slip up a bit. You got to get your hands back in and either motivate or do things. And like, you can work the systems, but man, energies change, things in life happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just all kinds of stuff that pops up. So there's just a lot of work that goes into investing in your team, understanding them as people. Um, and they're going to screw some things up. Like we had a deal a few weeks ago. We just got under contract. I think I was talking to you about it, Justin, when I saw you a few weeks ago, it's a 40 acre in Florida. We're cutting it up into two twenties and it's, we had it comped at 160, probably worth 220, mm-hmm. as is. Okay. And so we made an offer at 80. Seller said, no, I want 150. I came in and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This has got two, two, uh, two pieces of county road frontage, right? Yeah. Perfect square property, electric on one side. <laughs> like, pump the brakes, guys. There's something here, right? And I didn't get tagged in it originally for the uh, subdivide like we were supposed to. So they're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But it was worth 220 as is. So I'm like, guys, we have 70 grand of margin here. Um, we can double close on this as is, but after we cut it up into two twenties, it's going to sell for 300, you know, and a survey yep. is going to cost, and we got quoted 2,500 bucks. Yep. Um, the state has a, a, an exemption for splitting it up into two parcels. So it's gonna be a really easy process. And mm-hmm. we just took this deal that my team thought wasn't going to be a deal. I almost lost $150,000 <laughs> because yeah, they make yeah. mistakes, but you got to give them permission to mess up and then go give them feedback. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of work and iterations. And if you just want to like hire somebody and forget about it, you're just going to be a horrible boss and your business is going to just not thrive ever. Yep. You know? So it's, it's a lot of constant work and iteration. Like it, it sounds nice when we're on the podcast and talking, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'll say. 
I think that's the big thing for me is it, two two things is that we hear a lot. Oh, you got to get all these VA teams and you get them in place and they're ready to go because they're VAs and they're professional. Well, they they may know how to do the tactical, but they don't have your work history or your work, uh, the energy that you want or the, the type of personality that you may be looking for or do it the way that you expect it done because you're like, oh, yeah, you're a professional. You ought to do it. Go run. Check it the data. Yeah. And you may have little tweaks that you haven't explained that. And so it's like with any relationship, having that communication and being a key. Um, yeah. Anything, last question, we talk good, we talk bad on teams. I, I want to point out that when I hear them say teams, I think of this big office with everybody working together. And you, <laughs> thank you for saying, oh, this person's a Filipino VA, Filipino VA, or a Latin American VA. Because in my head, I had that they had this warehouse of people just doing it all together, <laughs> like, the, like the bullpen type thing. Yep. And, and it's not necessarily true. So I feel better about that now. Okay. Because okay, I say, well, we have contractors. But they're basically a VA that does a, they're paid for performance on that task. Like mm, if it's hey, the tractor, he, he's the same guy, goes to all these, but he's, he's not per se on my team. He's on my team, but not on my team, if that makes any sense. It does. So, okay, cool. That's good. Well, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? Yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram uh, at investing with Ajay. I post some random stuff on there, but I'm pretty active and I DM people all the time. So you're welcome to hit me up. Otherwise, you can shoot me an email at Ajay at learn.land, either one. Awesome. Very good. It's been a pleasure, Ajay. You're, you, you're always a, a shining, bright light for me. I, I enjoy talking to you, dude. Yep. I appreciate that. It's an honor to be here, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, go check him out. Um, and then uh, go check out the live event. You're not going to want to miss that especially that early bird pricing. And then uh, as always, do us a favor, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just like, follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening, like, rate, review, and subscribe. So appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.